Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One. Co-host also, Mike, is going to be on the second half of this episode as we have kind of this uh, Frankenstein's monster of an Oscar race checkpoint for you today. Uh, we are graced once again by the presence of our good buddy, Amanda Swell of Swell Entertainment on YouTube. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us once more. Thank you for having me on. I overbooked my day, but that's fine because I'm always <laughs> here to help out a small podcast like Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Wow. Wow. Well, if you could just, just backhand gi- us I'm across the giving, face and honestly. Okay. <laughs> I'm a very giving person. <laughs> you are a very giving person. You're helping us out. And actually, you're not even helping us out. You're helping out the Academy today, which is why we're having you on. Because, mm-hmm. look, a running theme of MMO lately has been that neither Mike nor myself at this point are in the uh, desired demo anymore. I just celebrated my 35th birthday, and the Academy is clearly desperate to appeal to people in that 18 to 34 demo. So both Mike and myself right now and our opinions are as useless to the Academy as basically like a ham sandwich at a bar mitzvah or something, right? (laughs) So we wanted you on because for a a few reasons. To talk about, one, the potential Oscars hosts. Do you know how old I am other than the fact that I'm in 18 to 34? I'm guessing you're like seven, somewhere seven to fourteen is my is where I'm. I, I would I would assume. Am I close? I'm twenty-four. I, mean, if, <laughs> I was going to say if you'd like to share, you don't have to share, but if you would like to share, it's so pointless. See, that's the thing is because it's like I'm in LA and I'm trying to get into acting, and so everyone's like, "Oh, hide your age," and then everyone else is like, "Actually, if you don't put your birthday on your accounts, no one's going to even take you for like an audition." So it's like, okay, then what's the fucking point? <laughs> what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> Can I pass for high school or not? Like, what is the go, point? Go the Zendaya route and just say you could play anything from 16 to 40 on any given day. And I think you'll no, be No, 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 no. You got to look at Alexa Demi, who lied about her age and is actually 31. But then now there's the running joke on the internet that she was there for, like, the inception of men and all this fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that, I mean, that's... Look, you are. You're, you're squarely in that demo. You're a desired. The Academy clearly wants you and your friends and everyone your age to tune in. They keep talking about all these potential hosts that are quite young and, and, and frankly, out of Mike, Mike and my like, stratosphere of knowledge. And that's why we wanted you on. Not only are you in that demo, but you are an influencer now. You are someone of stature on the internet. You have a, a calling and a base and what you say people usually follow. You have, like, as much as you talk about cults, you are basically I was just turning say, into a cult leader. In the nicest way possible, call me a cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which I think is what you've always wanted out of your channel anyway, right? I mean, uh, at least once a month, I find like a small town for sale. And I'm like, oh, this is how I speed run my cult arc. This would be great. <laughs> it's actually, there surprisingly, a lot of them like are like around a million or less. I'm like, wow, this is doable. That's crazy. <laughs> Look at you. You're a million. I got that. That's that's nothing now. I'm on top of my game. Well, obviously, I, lo- I would use financing, but still. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yes. Obviously. You'd have to talk to your many people that handle your many accounts. Yes. You're Don't over get me there wrong, Mike. Come on. <laughs> God, I live in right. LA. Every time we talk, you get more and more Hollywood on me, and it infuriates <laughs> me. <laughs> 
But nonetheless, all right, let's dive into this. The first half of this episode today is going to be uh, with Amanda helping us out truly. And we're going to run down some of the Oscars hosts of the past, some of the most famous Oscars bits of the past 10 years when they did have hosts, how those shaped out. Uh, We're going to run down some rumored names. Would those get Amanda and that demo to tune in? And then Amanda's going to actually explain to us and educate us and educate the Academy, hopefully, as to what would actually get that 18 to 34 demo to tune in and get their attention. Um, the second half is where Mike will join us. We'll cover up some USC scripter awards. So we'll take a look at some other uh, Oscar categories and how those are being shaped. So let's dive into it. Swell. let's, let's talk well, let's, about what the Oscars. Well, let's first start out by explaining um, what I think the Oscars is already kind of batting at zero. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase that, but the problem with my generation, like I don't have cable. Most people I know Mm -hmm. don't have cable, okay? There's ways for us to watch TV. Like, my dad downloaded a streaming app onto my phone that lets me use his his cable on my iPad. That's Mm -hmm. basically what I have. Or I watch it the next day on Hulu because Hulu does that weird thing where a bunch of stuff ends up on there later. So what you need is someone who has enough draw to either make people have a viewing party or get people to live tweet it and find other ways to watch it. Because no one's going to go and get cable with us for the Oscars. It's just not going to happen. So you just need people I to build hype for agree. you. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, one of the rumored uh, names was was Pete Davidson. And at first I was like, <laughs> well, he doesn't really have a lot of experience hosting anything. But there was, like, the Academy was in touch with his people. And no, 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 no. Think about he it. recently hosted something or uh, emceed something that I think was the smartest thing that this group could have done. He hosted, I believe, or was a big commentator on... The one of the Jake Paul fights, I think, between him and Ben Askren. Maybe. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yes, and Jake Paul op- or Pete Davidson openly was hilarious. He was like, "I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why they hired me." <laughs> he goes to Ben Askren. I want you to win. No one. Who the who? Who do you think? No one wants Jake to win. Obviously, we we would love for you to beat the shit out of him. It was just <laughs> such a. I think he was smoking weed at one point. Like it was just so mm-hmm. such a good moment it was very overall it was a very awkward show but he was a a bright light i was like i would watch more of this he's he's funny but they would have to give him just complete control and i don't think they would do that because they're so worried about being canceled but at the same time that sounds well that's a good point like there's this there's this fine line they have to walk i think like getting your age group to tune in is like completely the antithesis of like holding this event in like this hoity-toity, nose up in the air, looking down on everyone, esteem that the Oscars are usually thought of of being. Yeah, not, mean, not a the, single the... mask in sight because rich people are not affected. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and like, oh gosh, like <laughs> it's also just like, I think there's always going to be the risk of being canceled, especially the further we go on. But at the same time, it's like the Oscars don't have a good track record right now or historically, I don't think, whether regardless of how things are handled during the show or the award categories and nominations themselves. So at this point, it just needs to be how can we be entertaining and how can we make steps in the right direction? So is that casting a white guy the right way to do it for the host? Probably not. You know, but at least he would add some entertainment, like the way that Aubrey Plaza hosts the, uh, is it the Spirit Awards that she's hosting? The Indie Spirits, yeah. Yeah, she's hilarious. She's great. People, she always, people always talk about her performance, uh, her uh, time hosting that afterwards. So, I mean, if that's a way to do it is to have him do it and just have people be entertaining and have people still talk about him. 
I think they don't need to be worried about being canceled. I need they. I think they need to be worried about not being relevant anymore. Ooh, coming on with some biting commentary. I like that. I I totally agree with everything you that just said. That being said, the, the Academy. Think... If you ever see one of my performances in a film, um, I will <laughs> never say anything negative. Um, <laughs> if I am nominated. <laughs> I will only speak highly of the Academy. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe not in 2023, but 2024, it could be your year. Yes. And I swear to God, if you do get nominated in anything, if you think I'm not going to ride your coattails, you have another thing coming. So There's a list. I'll add you to the that. list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, did any of the recent Oscars hosts do anything for you? Maybe when you did have cable or were watching on your dad's cable or whatever. Like 2017, 18 was the last time. 17 and 18 were Kimmel. 2016 was Chris Rock when he had the burden of doing it during the Oscars So White controversy. Mm. 15 was Neil Patrick Harris. 14 was Ellen. 13, Seth MacFarlane. 2012 went back to Billy Crystal. Do you have any memories of any of those? Do you remember, I'm like, not specifically I'm fairly certain I mainly remember Neil Patrick Harris because there was a controversy after the fact where he insulted a woman backstage and she was um, Rachel Bloom. Like, he tweeted insulting a woman saying, like, 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 or something in a conversation. And it was actually Rachel oh. Bloom and she responded. I'm fairly certain that was at the Oscars because uh, he, he called out what she was wearing and she was the only woman at the show wearing a top hat. Obviously, it was gonna, she was going to know it was her that he was talking about. And it was just like, mm. that's what I remember from that. Uh, unless that was a different award show. But I remember it was backstage at an award show. So I would assume that it was that one. It's kind of similar because I, that's like, when I look at this list, I think Seth MacFarlane, I think about the controversy everybody had with Seth MacFarlane. Like, I don't remember anything specifically great about any of those hosts. I remember the con- I remember obviously La La Land and Moonlight with that debacle at the end of one of the Kimmel shows. I remember <laughs> Oscar So White. <laughs> right? Like, I don't remember any good moments from these things. And you're kind of describing the same thing, which is, I would say, a problem. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't remember anything good, and at the same time, it's, like, the jokes that they usually try to have, they're not funny. Like, I think, I just remember one of the Kimmel jokes, I think they were looking for the Von Traps or something, and someone guy ran out and was like, they're gone! And then that was it, and it was, like, a callback to Sonic <laughs> Music, and I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, this is so, like, maybe, like, if... Like, I found it funny because I was a theater kid, but that was really it. Right. Like, if I, the right. longer I think about it, I'm like, no, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how I feel about most theater stuff. But then again, I'm also still a slave to it because I am a theater kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so. again, that's that, that's that tightrope they have to walk. It's like they have to appeal to a mass audience. But at the same time, once you're appealing to the mass audience, obviously it's going to like it's going to bland things down. There's only going to be so many jokes you can tell and so many ways you can go in trying to be funny, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have my opinion on the best case scenario, but I'll save that for the end. So what are some other suggestions you have overall for the Oscars? Well, okay. We're talking about like what we remember most. Did any yeah, I, of n- the most- none of them stick out to me. Honestly, none of them. And that's the thing. But I think that's almost a good thing. That's a, the, the Oscars... I think the problem is they make it about the host, at least in promotions. And I don't think that's that I think that defeats the purpose because then it's like, I I don't know. Personally, I don't agree that there should be awards for doing your job. You know, that's just me. (laughs) That's just me. Um, You know, if if we did an award where it's like, I don't know who which one of these people with their private jets gave the most to charity. But then also their private jet logged the least amount of flight hours. Like I would love Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Let's do a deep dive on these people's finances and their their charitable contributions. Okay, that's very excited to pitch you what I have. That's what I would love. Okay, but like I think it's almost a good thing when we don't remember the host because 
there are times where I, I have remembered like, oh, that actress I liked won. You know, like there's certain, there's, there's, I would rather remember the nominees and the winners than the host. Because the host, it's okay. like The Bachelor. You're not watching for Chris Harrison, thank God, or the new guy, Jesse Palmer. <laughs> you know, you're watching for The Bachelor and these crazy people, you know, like who decided that, oh, yes, I will be one of 30 people dating this random stranger on TV. That's what you're, you're not there for the, the host, you know? Right. And the moments that do, I, I agree with you, but they have tried to write the host into these memorable viral moments, like the Ellen selfie we talked about, or the Ellen, uh, the pizza delivery when they came in. Jimmy Kimmel went across the street with a couple stars and started handing out popcorn to theater goers in a movie theater. Chris Rock was selling his kids Girl Scout cookies to A-listers. Do moments like that do anything for you, or do you think, do you find it just contrived and forced and... Well, I mean, considering what I know about the industry, some of me thinks that there's no way that these people are, one, not flanked by security, or they did not mm -hmm. handpick the audience members that are these random people on the street oh, that they're likely. doing it. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's just a dumb level of contrived that I think is unnecessary. Like, it, why don't we talk about how they, like, clear out the homeless population before they go and, you know, do these award shows, you know, so they yeah. lock them off so they're not allowed in this area. Amen. You know, like, let's talk about the realities of, Hollywood and where they're at if they're really going to go and do something and break the fourth wall of this award show and they're going to try and make it seem like oh we care about little people or we care about others or we're doing something fun and quirky side note the Ellen selfie the winner of that was Lupita Young's brother who was the only non-famous yes. person at the time yes who jumped in there. <laughs> thousand percent brilliant <laughs> thousand percent brilliant and so the activism angle of this, too, is I, I was trying to come up with, like, potential hosts. I'm going to run down a couple for you and get your hot takes on them. But I think that's got to play a role. And you've already hinted at that a couple times because your generation especially is so obviously seeped in the active, like, the active lifestyle and the protest lifestyle and the fighting for change lifestyle. And I think if if you are the Academy and you are trying to hone in on getting that demo right now, you have to kind of cater to that. Is there a way to cater to it without it seeming like they're trying to, like, be pandering? To no, you? I think you can't cater to it, I think, in an award show like this without being willing to call people out at the same time, you know? Mm. And so... I think the only example that I can really point to is um, one of the YouTube awards years ago. Um, John Kozar is a uh, musical creator who does a lot of like uh, parodies and things like that. But he wrote a song that was kind of a roast of a lot of the nominees and was calling out the roast like, like, oh, Shane Dawson did blackface. And uh, mm. these two, these two uh, women of color creators do a lot of the same things, but you know, we're, we're only speaking about one of them today. Like it was, yeah. a, it was a lot of that. And I think that we need a host who's willing to do that. Maybe that'd be Pete Davidson. Cause he's slept with half of Hollywood and he has beef with half of Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The only thing is about Pete Davidson, and I said this to Mike earlier, is like, I don't remember Pete Davidson viciously going after anybody except for Kanye that one time on SNL, ironically enough, years ago, when Kanye accused everyone at SNL of bullying him for the MAGA hat. Like, I don't think Pete Davidson picks fights. No, I don't think he picks fights. I think he's capable of just doing, like, I just think of him when he did the roast of Rob Lowe, and he just went after, mm. um, God, what's the Skeletor's Ann Coulter. name? Yes. And yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I, I can't stand her. I, I really, I, I won't even pretend to be a feminist about this. No, I, I hate her. I genuinely hate her. Um, yeah, ter terrible person. Genuinely horrible person. Uh, but no, I, I think it's there and it's capable. And I think if he was given the right, like, 
I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily mean, and that's not what a host needs to be. He just needs to be not afraid to go there and not afraid mm. to make little digs that are like kind of fun because he's just kind of a joking dude, you know? And then mm-hmm. I think that that, I don't know, I think that could be Pete Davidson. I think he'd be willing to do that if they were just like, yeah, no prompter? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so Pete Davidson is a definitely maybe and don't suggest Ann Coulter to you is what you're telling God, me. No. You won't like, okay, I got that. I don't think she would want to be on the list anyway, but yeah, uh, she's, I'm not a fan myself. But you no, know, I just think, again, it's like people that can joke about and it's not even like, I don't know, I think, okay. Compare, this is so a bad comparison, but I just think this is a good example. If we look at something like Euphoria, half of the discourse and fanfare around it is not even about actual things that happen in the show. It's about the things that the characters could or would do within that universe, essentially, or like, oh, here's this thing. And I just think that Pete Davidson just hosting the Oscars alone would get them a ton of free marketing, <laughs> like yeah. before it even comes out, you know, because people would just be like, Oh yeah, Kanye's gonna come and beat the shit out of Pete Davidson on the stage at the Oscars 2022. Like I just, I don't know. I just think there's potential there for the free marketing with the social media. Just having the the joke of having Pete Davidson do it. All right, so you're getting into the list already. So let's let's dive down and let's talk about some actually rumored names and people who they've been confirmed that the Ask Academy has already reached out to, and then we'll go into some other different directions. But you've given your thoughts on Pete Davidson. So Pete Davidson would be a yes from you. Otherwise, I just want hot takes. Yes, no. Give me some reasons why. We'll go down this list as uh, I got about like 20, 25 names here. Okay. You already mentioned Euphoria. Tom Holland is somebody that the Academy is obviously interested in. What about Tom Holland? What about Tom Holland? Zendaya? What about just Zendaya? How do any of those sound for you? Uh, I wouldn't do both of them together. Um, Zendaya, mm, does she have hosting experience? I like it all. I I don't think so, but my God, I would. She's been I, very I trust, no. She's. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I know this is not what you want. You just want me to give you a yes or no. But I mean, no, you're good. I, my thing with Zendaya is I think she's been very. Um, Cordial is not the right word. She she accepts awards very well when she has accepted them in the past at various awards. Like she is very good at metering like when she accepts something at a Kids' Choice Awards versus a different award, you know, and like how she responds mm-hmm. to the audience and does a response and all of that. So um, as far as... And she I demands mean, respect. I mean, there was... The, yeah. I don't know why, why Issa Rae and her were interviewing, but I saw that clip on TikTok, I think, and Issa Rae was just like la- lavishing her with praise. And Zendaya mm-hmm. was being very gracious, but also, I mean, she knew she earned it. She knew she deserved it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know uh, how she would do. I'd be interested in it, absolutely, and her doing it. Tom Holland eh, runs into kind of my theory of what I think would be like ideal but also would piss off the academy and every other person in that theater um in that uh, award show um okay. so i mean tom holland is i don't know i think it would be interesting i also don't think he would because i think i don't know have there been instances of people being nominated and then also hosting and then hosting and then being nominated later? Because I really do think he wants an Oscar. I think that's what he wants more than anything. Yeah, that's that's a conspiracy theory I floated on here, too. I, my th- thinking was if Tom Holland accepts the hosting gig, then I think you can expect Spider-Man to like make the best picture field. You know what I mean? Even as that 10th oh. nominee, like that type of thing. See, I don't know about that. Um, I just think that he desperately wants an Oscar and him doing Cherry is an example of that. 
Mm-hmm. Could be. I don't think he wasn't going to get it for Cherry, but I understand. I don't think he's going to get it for Uncharted either, for that matter. But, oh, uh... God, no. No. But I mean, I think <laughs> I think between Cherry and I think uh, The Devil All the Time, there's certain roles that he takes where I'm like, you are you want an Oscar yep. badly. You no know? doubt. So, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, what about The Rock? Does The Rock do anything for your devil? <laughs> Only if he raps. <laughs> 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 Only if he gets up there and raps. Otherwise, no. Um, the trio from Only Murders in the Building have been rumored. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Uh, you know, they have fun chemistry, maybe. Okay. All I right, still have so not watched maybe. that show fully, but I've seen, like, both clips from the show and then also behind the scenes and interview clips and things like that. So, yeah, I think they could be an interesting trio. It's such a quick binge. Too. I mean, Mike makes fun of me for it. Says I'm a 70 year old woman because I watched it and I was done with it in like three days. But it's it's entertaining. It's highly. I mean, my friends, my friend adored it. She spoke really highly of it. I just don't. I'm annoying, and so I, I keep starting shows, getting four episodes in, and then abandoning them. I finished one episode of Sons of Anarchy, and that's like impressive for me right now. My attention span is non-existent. <laughs> too much TikTok. TikTok fries your brain, kids. It's coming up. I have a thing about pitching you a TikTok thing, but we're going to get to it on this list. Dear, um, the cast of the Hype House show will be hosting the Oscars. <laughs> They're laugh. just complaining and not saying anything directly to each other's faces the entire right. show. They're just whining about manufactured drama that they started for no reason whatsoever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about the women of SNL? Tina, Maya, Amy, Leslie Jones. They've also been the last confirmed rumor. Oh, gosh. Um, I want to say it could be interesting. I think there's also the issue with having more than two. Eh, two to three, I think, is like the max I would do. Um, I think too many is too many regardless because I just think there's too many con- conflicting in, uh, egos regardless of how uh, professional you are. I think at some point there's going to be people measuring uh, screen time and things like that, and that could lead to issues down the line. So I wouldn't do more than three. Um also, I mean, as funny as I find all those women, I have SNL's uh, funny tracker right now is not doing hot. I'm not a fan of SNL. I think they've severely become unfunny. And uh, any more proof of that, you just watch their recent Elmo skit, which went viral on TikTok and mm-hmm, uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, how they tried to recreate it. They didn't even try and do their own thing. They recreated it with someone in an Elmo costume. It was deeply unfunny. Um, it made me feel better about my own uh, comedy chops, frankly, because I watched that and I was like, at least I would never do this. And I felt better. <laughs> well, there you go. So it's a matter of time before you find yourself on SNL yourself. And I can't wait. Again, wherever you go professionally, if you hit anything big time, I, you could expect me to be at some point behind you on those coattails. That's that's I think is what we're learning. as. A, Ooh, as a I tried. I tried auditioning for SNL so you don't have to. Oh, God, yeah. Come on. That writes itself for you. At least oh, you get a lot of content good. out of it. That'd be that could be good. Okay, continue. Yeah. Go ahead. So All right, sorry. that's a, that's a that's a I mean, I can see why they would want that, but I'm also a strong eh. Yeah. Okay. Uh you you've already opened this Pandora's box, so let's dive into it. Okay. Probably not for hosting purposes, but like what if the I don't know, the Addison Rays and the D'Amelios of the world. I was going to say Bryce Hall before he's been in his latest drama, so probably not him. But what if they did the pre-show where the emphasis is more on fashion and interviews and things like that? What? How about some sort of TikTok tie-in? No, I think of anything. So, again, uh, the D'Amelios were also part of the uh, fight for Jake Paul, and uh, they were uh, painfully awkward um, in mm-hmm. that they were presenting the belts to one of the uh, earlier, uh, the undercard. 
and they did not say they were very awkward did not say anything and i'm not just saying that that's like an example of how their entire career would be but i just i don't <laughs> think that if they can't handle that i don't know if they can handle something like this and i mm. think that that's a down the line thing the only thing i can maybe accept is interviewing people on the red carpet which addison ray has done or right. uh, almost did before the internet was like what the fuck is this and like got her mm-hmm. fired it's a whole thing um yeah. So that's on, like interviewing stars on the red carpet, maybe, but that would be really it. Like a red carpet pre-show, that could probably be it. Do you think there's an angle, maybe if not the D'Amelios, but with other TikTok creators in general, that would appeal appeal more to your generation? If the Oscars um, tried to do well, it? I mean, well, I mean, they have started a lot of TikTokers and mainly TikTokers have been being invited to premieres of shows. Like a ton of people got invited to the House of Gucci premiere, both in mm-hmm. LA and New York and a bunch of other shows recently. And uh, the issue with that that I've been seeing, and I, I think it's only a matter of time before they stop, is uh, they're not listening to embargoes whatsoever. Yeah, and that's not good. so that I think that that's only a matter of time before they start being like, it's not worth it because these people will not listen because they're only focused on views. They don't care about listening to the rules is a bad way of phrasing it. But it's like they're ruining the party for everyone else because they, right. again, it's the, the I need to just keep on top of things, even though I do think there's a lot of ways to get content out of just going to one of these events without spoiling things that's just me uh anyway invite me to things um but that being said um no i just i i think that that's there there's they're seeing the potential and you know we see things like addison ray being invited to the met gala and things like that so i mean i don't know i feel like the lines are being blurred but i don't know uh, maybe addison ray maybe because she did the netflix movie but even then it's like that's streaming so i don't know how much is going to be, you know, accepted because, you know, I do, I do, I, I think the, because of COVID, the bar between streaming and traditional releases has been, you know, bent Absolutely. significantly. Yep. Um, it's still mm-hmm. there. There's still a bar between them because they, I think there is still a lot of resentment between both, um, especially with the recent box office numbers that we're seeing. Um, but I do think that, um, I don't know. I think th- there needs to be an embracement at some point, and I don't think Addison Ray is the one to do it. If Dixie D'Amelio ruined Scream for me, I would have been furious. I agree. That's, that wouldn't have worked well for me. Um, yeah. Ke- Kevin Hart was rumored to be, he was actually going to be the host. He had the problem that every host runs into, where this is like, you accept the job at the Oscars, and then everyone goes digging into your past, and then you get tried to be canceled, and he kind of stepped away from it. Is there any juice if there was like a Kevin Hart reclamation project to hosting? God, what has he done recently? I can't. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know that he's done much of. I mean, he's been. He he has the new show on Netflix with uh, him and Wesley Snipes that was a miniseries. Yes. Okay. There's that. I keep seeing the billboards around LA. I've heard no talk of that show whatsoever. Me um, as well. Yeah. Um. No, I don't think there's no. If they want to get anyone to watch, no, I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. I think if anything, it would just garner more. Not garner, but it would just receive more backlash than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, let's see how he does. No, it would not be like that. So, yeah. All right. So he's out. Uh, what about people under contract to ABC? And I'm using this as a way to kind of like hook in Quinta Brunson to give her a chance because she has the BuzzFeed background. Oh, my God. I love her. Yeah. Me too. I've She's been trying hilarious. to desperately ad- to get in I contact with her. I adore her. I've been watching her since BuzzFeed. And then she, I don't know. She's just had a lot of very good internet sketches go around. And then she, now she created Abbott Elementary and that's mm-hmm. doing really well. And uh, she was also on um, Black Woman's Sketch Show, I believe yes. it is. Or, yep. Yeah, that, she was on the first season of that. Um, I think she's hilarious. I think, oh, that could, that could work. 
So I was thinking like Michael Strahan, because he does hosting with GMA every day. Tracy Ellis Ross is under contract to ABC under, through Blackish, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. they could do the Steve Harvey route as well. He's got his own hysterical history with hosting things and not going well with them. Um, and then, like I said, it just you, would be a way to like have Quinta be there, introduce her to a national audience, but not put the burden of the entire show on her shoulders. Yeah, I think that could be good. But I also, I don't know, would they have her do the... Um... I don't know. I see more of, they might do Emmys more than anything. I don't think, I don't know. I think she would need to do more before they throw her in there. You know, if Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I'm explaining that right. I think she would do great. I don't think they would ever reasonably consider her at this point in her career. Mm. Okay. I do think it's so far. It's been a very impressive career in, in my eyes. I think she, there has been very, if any misses, very few misses. I can't believe what Buzzfeed did to all. I mean, they had so much talent under one roof and they just, uh, anyway, I know I greed, corporate greed ridiculous. really does just yeah. destroy things. Ridic- well, <laughs> yeah. Um, Aubrey Plaza, you mentioned. What about her going from the spirits to the Oscars? Uh, I don't know. Do they have her under contract or anything? Not on ABC. She'd be an outside hire, but. No, not ABC. I mean, um, like spirit. Like, do they have her like on like an. Oh, like an exclusive thing? rights thing? Yeah, I would. I would. I would doubt it and i think if anything the spirits would probably be thrilled to have her be a, on a bigger stage if they ever wanted to try to get her back yeah um i mean it could be interesting yeah i would think so interesting yeah lesbians would love it um <laughs> i'm not kidding um yeah i i can see, i can see that okay so that's a yes for me Aubrey okay Plaza. All right okay. what about what about something i mean they both have hosting experience for different things lately but Cardi B just hosted, I think, the AMAs. Miley Cyrus mm-hmm. just did the New Year's Eve thing with Pete Davidson. Some combination of those two. Ooh, what was the show? She did a music show years ago when she was in her wild years. Miley Cyrus did. Um, when they gave her a hosting job so she wouldn't perform and she still managed to perform. Um, and that that was painful at the time. Um, but I do think that she's capable of hosting, obviously, with the whole... Um, New Year's Eve thing. Yeah, I can see that. Cardi B, I have not seen her her hosting, but I do. I've actually been a longtime viewer of Cardi B. I was actually following her when she was still stripping before she got into music and everything else. Um, Why doesn't that surprise me? I was this close to being a stripper, Mike. You can't see my hands, but I was this close to being a stripper. <laughs> I was this close. This college is expensive, and my dad made it very clear he was not paying. And I'm like, okay, you're running me into doing this. I'm going to just go and become a stripper. He was like, no. Oh. So he was like, don't take out loans. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I will be shaking my ass on a pole. Sounds good. Okay. Um, it's, it's so tough to be the older brother to you sometimes and listen to things like this. <laughs> <laughs> We literally talked about how you collect uh, titties like Pokemon cards, but okay. <laughs> okay. So when I do it, it's not okay, but you can talk about yes. your conquest. Don't you know there's sure. double standards? Come on. God damn. Um, but no, I, I think she's very Wow, way to call me out, you ass. I know. Hey, you set that up. I, had I, know, every I know. That was good. That was good. I'm proud of you. <laughs> but anyway, I do think Cardi B, I think she's very entertaining. So, I mean, I think it could, yeah, I can see her hosting. I, I can see that being a good shakeup. I don't think I would be down for that, too. I think that would appeal to our generation, uh, the older generation as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I know there's people that are turned off by both of them, too, but I don't think that you're ever going to have a host that's going to reach across all aisles anyway. Yeah, no, I think you just need to kind of, I think, 
I think she would be very entertaining. I think the novelty of her hosting at all for a lot of generations, mine, uh, young, I'm like cusp Gen Z millennial, so I'm kind of like mm-hmm. in both camps. <laughs> um, I think both <laughs> would be entertained. Um, and then also I think, I don't know, I think that older generations, I don't know, I think they'd find her entertaining. I think if they were open-minded to it. Well, what about the group of people that are more universally beloved that like have no red flags with, it seems, any type of fan? I mean, I'm talking like, you know, if you did Jennifer Aniston and Reese Betty White passed away. Otherwise, right? I'd say get Betty White <laughs> she would have been there great. right now. She would have been awesome. You get, her, you get her an armchair. She never leaves the stage. Anything <laughs> she wants. She is a butler who brings her everything. Okay. That was how you would have done this. That butler is Pete Davidson. Yeah. Yes. That, that oh my genius. God. This could have been so good. Rest in peace, Betty. I miss you yes. daily. Absolutely. That would have been, that, yeah, I'm totally on board with that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking Jen Anderson, Reese Witherspoon, Morning Show. Obviously, Tom Hanks, Denzel, Aquafina. I've heard terrible I things of. about season two for Morning about who? Show. Season, morning oh, season show. two of the Morning Show. I've heard terrible things. I have not. I have not heard a word. that show. I have not heard a word about. I haven't heard a word about the Kevin Hart show. You're absolutely right. I think there's like there might just be too much TV right now for people to like get to all of it. But yeah, I, well, you see, you... okay, so I've heard terrible things from my my acting class, like people who genuinely are devouring content because they want to be gotcha. better actors. And I still heard terrible things about that mm. from those oh boy. people. Well, that's a little surprising. Yes. Hmm. So anyway, uh, I don't know. See, I'd be interested, but I also eh. Paul Rudd, you could throw into the universally beloved camp. Viola Davis, Regina King. I have John Cena, too. Any of those do anything for you guys? See, I don't know if Viola Davis would ever... Uh, I don't want to say stoop low, but... <laughs> wow! Like, I don't think... I don't. I think she's... Uh, this is not on her level anymore to host the Oscars, you know? Like, she I was thinking just because Oscars. she recently she won. Yeah. 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 And Regina King opened the show last year, even though she just recently won. That's why that's why those two came to mind. And God, I mean, yeah. if I hear anyone say an ill word about either one of those women. No, I, I, I know. I'm not it. speaking ill about them. I'm no, just I know thinking like career. I, I can understand why career wise and industry wise, some people would see that as a backslide potentially. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Too much Tom Hanks already in your life. Too much See, John Cena I, I use him as life. a reference quite often because I truly think that my generation does not have true movie stars. And so I, I use Tom Hanks as a reference where I, I compare to like a lot of people that are on the rise right now. Like, do you ever see them becoming the next Tom Hanks? No, because they're too online. We see too much of them. Uh, I mean, so you don't, it sounds like anybody that's universally beloved, you want some like controversy. You want a little. No, oh, it's not even, it's not even universally beloved. It's just like, I'm trying to think of this from a viewer's perspective specifically. Like I may like them as a person. I may like them as, as an artist and as a star or as a personality uh, in whatever field they're in. But is that enough to be a draw of a crowd? And I think the meme of The Rock doing something like this is way better than something like Tom, someone like Tom Hanks doing this, you know? So it's well, okay. it's what's going to be the draw. I don't think anyone's going to hear Tom Hanks hosting the Oscars and be like, oh my God, I need to find a way to watch this. So you want it to be Paul Rudd, but with Sean Evans from Hot Ones as a co-host. <laughs> so you can run that back. I, I mean... 
No, because then I feel like they'd just be trying to recreate that joke far too often. See, that's the problem. <laughs> you have people who get one thing, they go, they get one meme, and then that's all they think they can do. And they just repeat it. They don't know how to, they look a gift horse in the mouth, and they don't know how to deal with, <laughs> like, good things, you know? So, no, I don't think that would work. What about Aquafina? Ugh, I don't know. Really? Yes. Hosted uh, SNL, she held her own. No, I know, but I just think, ooh, I, I'm thinking about the um, back and forth I've seen about uh, her, the way that she speaks, and uh, the phrase thrown around has been black scent, um, and how that's not something that she has had the entirety of her career. It's something that has popped up mm. in the last, gosh. So you years. want your controversy to come on the Oscar stage. You don't want someone to come in with the controversy because like Kevin No, Hart I'm just, again, I'm thinking like I, I know how some uh, – people speak of her and like i i do think she's a very talented actress i have yet to see shang chi because i'm annoying and every time i try to go see it it kept getting canceled <laughs> viewings when i would try and go and see it in theaters <laughs> and i still have not seen it um but i mean i liked there i liked her in the farewell i really liked her in um gosh crazy rich asians i do mm-hmm. still want 600 more of those movies i don't know if we're ever going to get them but i do want more um I think she's very talented, but I, I don't know as a personality for the hosting how that would go. And I have to reiterate for the third time just because of my love for pro wrestling. John Cena does nothing for you, huh? Oh, you know what? Really? John Cena as Peacemaker only. Like oh! If you were, did the whole thing in character, <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. Okay, I can get I behind it, that. I doubt they'll do that, though, because, again, that kind of comes back into my issue with the stream. Not my issue, but, like, the issue that I'm seeing where it's, like, there's the issue of streaming versus um, mm-hmm. traditional releases. And uh, especially with what a clusterfuck the um, the Zack Snyder release, um, or not, um, James Gunn's uh, Suicide Squad. Sorry, I'm, I'm mixing up the controversial releases. They're going <laughs> to come for you. Not, not controversial. The DC That's not fandom's right going to come for you. No, okay, sorry, controversial is not the right word, but, like, there was stress involved with their releases, you know, and the inceptions <laughs> of these projects, okay? So that's that. Um, and uh, I don't know how that would go, but I think that would be hilarious, like, doing someone in, doing him doing it in character. I think that would be good. But he'd have to commit to the bit, you know? And so it's yeah. like, is he capable of doing that? Yeah, I, I agree. That would be something off the beaten path. That's not something I had thought of. And I would absolutely love to see that. Let's. Uh, that kind of goes into the last few I have, which are kind of like, would these work a little off the beaten path, a little crazier, and maybe not so serious? Because the first one of those I have, uh, in the spirit of John Cena as Peacemaker the whole time, is what if we just like let Pete, Kanye, and Kim K host as three co-hosts and just see what happens? Um, I feel like we'd have to have, no, they'd have to double their security budget just right off the bat. Um, they won't do that. We're in a, we're in a pandemic. We're on the verge of a recession or whatever, the, the bubble popping, whatever it is that everyone keeps threatening is going to happen. Um, mm. you know, and so I don't think they'll do that. Um, I don't know. I find Kim, I think Kim Kardashian is a very fascinating businesswoman. And I do think there is a lot of personality there. I don't know how she would do hosting. I was surprised at how efficient she was. I was surprised how efficient Kim K was doing the SNL monologue she did. I thought she mm-hmm. was like she hit the comedic beat. She was good. I, I was impressed by her, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I personally still think that uh, her and Pete are uh, not real. Um, I have yet to see yeah. one lip on lip action um, in yeah. any of the photos or whatever. They're hugging and everything I see, and it's like, okay, cool. I I hug guy friends. Who cares? You know, like I don't. 
none of that. Nothing. Apparently, when she did SNL, he wasn't there for most of the rehearsals. He just showed up for the taping. Um, and so it's like they weren't together that whole – like, it's not like it was like, oh, wow, I really got to know him and I really liked him. It's like it, – it, it's too convenient. So, yeah, I still call it bullshit. And then now it's like he's already in danger apparently or that's how people are speaking of it with how Kanye is acting. And so it's just like, yeah, you can stick around for a little longer because we have better security than you do. <laughs> <laughs> um what about somebody like a younger personality? Like the only person I could think of, this is how out of touch I am. Cause I don't know that this would ever like have legs, but like Jojo Siwa. <laughs> I like, mean, she's currently dating an open Trump supporter. So I don't know how that would go over. Um, but I mean, she definitely is someone, I don't know. I think that could be an, she would definitely have fun with it, but I don't, I don't know. Could she, can, there are certain things. Okay. The thing with that, the host of the Oscars is that you have to have good comedic timing, but you also have to be able to acknowledge when there are serious moments. Cause at the end of the day, a lot of the subject matter of the films that may be discussed or introduced or whatever, or the topics or, you know, in memoriam sections, things like that, things get announced and there's more somber moments and you have to be capable of handling mm -hmm. that. I don't know if she would be capable of handling that at this stage or making that switch in the while on stage, you know, like not that she's not capable of being serious or anything like that, but Knowing where the line is for something like this, I don't know if she's at that point yet. I completely agree with your assessment of the Oscars host, and I think it kind of describes these next two kind of perfectly. I was thinking, okay. what if we throw back to Key and Peel and have them both do it? Or what if I saw a lot of people request this, like put this out there when we asked the question to Twitter? I don't know that he would do it. I don't know that he could do it, but what about Bo Burnham? Ooh, um, I don't think he would. Um, I don't think he would either. I don't think I really don't think he would, especially if you watched and paid attention to at all to Inside. I don't right. think he would do right. it. Um, um, Keen Peel, I do think are um, very talented, and I agree that that would be interesting if we did like a little bit of a throwback to them. But also, um, you know, Jordan Peel with all the stuff that he's doing and the stuff I I don't. Again, it would feel like, I don't want to say a backslide, but I just, I don't know how I would feel about him, you know, doing this now, you know, if that makes sense. If, if Interesting. That... So you're, you're really, I mean, you're taking this as like, it's got to be somebody at the perfect spot in their career and it can't no, be somebody. I think it needs to make sense to their career. And I don't think for him right now, it would make sense for him to do the Oscars. Pete Davidson, I can see it making sense. Um, okay. The Rock, I can see it making sense. Uh, you know, uh, Viola Davis, I cannot see it making sense. What about like Weston Caleb? Would he be? Would, would, uh, <laughs> the internet took things too far yet again. A guy, a guy not wanting a second date is not emotional abuse. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. The internet is a freaking cesspool, and every day they remind us of it. My other idea, other than West Elm Caleb, was we take Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and tell them they're going to host, but it's really just a giant ruse to put them on a rocket and fire into the sun. So we just get them uh, in a cage and let them duke right. it out for the most <laughs> annoying billionaire. Right. So it sounds like you're who, who most, can give you're, you only get out the only one who's let out is the one that donates the most to charity within twenty minutes. <laughs> I would love that. Yes. They really absolutely. just they're just like, give me the gun. I don't care. <laughs> and bury me with my money, please. Yes. Um, it sounds like you are most pleased or most interested in the idea of Pete Davidson having so or someone like Pete Davidson having something to do with it. So we Yeah, someone who's not afraid to kind of toe the line. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, he, if you watch some of his bits where he's gone on other shows and or, like, comedy bits and stuff like that, he, there are definitely jokes that I would say are, like, inappropriate's not the right word, but, like, they kind of, they toe the line or cross the line even. But, I mean, people still like him because that's kind of what they expect from him. You know, I don't think anyone is going to, like, go on this show and act like Pete Davidson because they know people would be interested in Pete Davidson. You know, like, I don't, mm-hmm. I think he is at a point where it could be interesting. So, yeah. Do the live performances matter to uh, to your generation, to, to people, your, you and your friends? Like, if they had this star-studded lineup for original song that they could have with Billie Eilish, Ariana Grande, Beyonce, Jay-Z, if they all were performing on the Oscar stage, does that draw you, or was that more likely to draw you into a viewing party? Uh, I mean, I definitely would talk about it later, and I'd be like, oh, how'd they do? You know, I'd definitely talk about it later. I don't know if I would draw me into a full-on viewing party. I would find, I would probably find the performances later, or I would... Like, that's something I always hear about more often, or the things that have the longevity are the musical performances. Because mm-hmm. um, people will still talk about how they were good or how they were bad or whatever, you know? So I just, I think things like that do have longevity to them. All right, so lay it on me. You're, you're, you're the one with the platform here. You're the exact demo that this the Academy is desperately trying to appease to. You have, you've talked about the <laughs> activism. You've talked about somebody like Pete Davidson. What is the perfect Oscars setup? What's the perfect well, see, Oscars I don't night think that would get perfect- you most in? I don't think it's perfect, but I think this is the way that you get my generation interested. But I also think this is the way you piss off every other film person <laughs> on the planet. Um, so what you do is you have Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield all hosting, but they just shuffle out. No one acknowledges it. They just keep <laughs> shuffling between the three of them. It's a callback to Spider-Man, No Way Home. It would piss off so many people. Someone would still be yelling about spoilers in the distance. And half of Hollywood would hate the Academy for the rest of time because of it. Because there are some people who are still so anti uh, Marvel's. I mean, I agree. I think Marvel and Disney itself are a beast that need to just be quashed. Um, but I also will continue to give them my money because I am a, a baby. Um, yeah. and so, mm-hmm. and they own my soul because they own the characters that I love and adore. And that's how they will continue to have me be their bitch. And <laughs> that's just, you know, how this kind of goes. It sucks, but it's the reality of the situation. And, um, so, I mean, I think that, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think as far as like who could be universally beloved, no one, no one's going to be universally beloved. There will always find something. Uh, because again, I think when you look at the social media aspect of it, you look at the film aspect of it, there's not a lot of overlap for a lot of people. Some pe- There are plenty of people who will go and see a movie in theaters that will never open up TikTok a day in their lives. What's the clock mm. app? What's that? You know, like, is that a, a new uh, clock app, sweetheart? You know, like, they, they'll never look that up a day in their lives. The Oscars is the... Uh, the culmination of a lot of different groups coming together, I think in a sense. And so no one's ever going to be universally beloved because you're going to be introducing someone to a group of people, regardless of what you do. And so I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think if, if for entertainment purposes, I don't know, Pete Davidson, fuck it. Why not? Let's do it. (laughs) I don't think I, I do think the rock would be hilarious, but again, he has to commit to the bit and I feel like he would try and take it too seriously. Uh, see, there are some people who I think would be entertaining, but I think they would see this as I am leveling up in my career. And so I need to give this everything I've got. And then it becomes the opposite of what you want because hoity-toity, it's too serious. Yeah. yeah if yeah. hoity toity. Exactly. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I'm sorry. There's someone getting murdered outside my window. Um, <laughs> but no, I think, yeah, so I think you have someone like Pete Davidson who does not take himself too seriously. Um, or, God, who else? Who could be good? Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything. I just I just think the novelty of switching out Spider-Man would be hilarious. I like that. And the, or like have the three of them and The Rock and to call it co-host. <laughs> and then you just have the three Spider-Man have to fight The Rock as the big finale of the show. That'd be good. I did like that one. Sh- there was uh, this clip on TikTok I saw after one of the No Way Home uh, screenings where they did a joke where some was, one of the employees were dressed up in, in trash. And they had someone come in dressed as Spider-Man and do like a little scene. And it was like, okay, cool. Please pick up your trash so we don't have to do it. <laughs> Glad you all like the show. Goodbye. Get out. <laughs> I think you've highlighted a lot of it. I mean, I think it's an impossible ask. I don't envy the Academy whatsoever to try to appeal to that, that 18 to 34 demo while also trying to like have the Oscars mean as much as it always has in their minds. Because I don't know that they know how to like break the hoity-toity-ness of it. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, I don't know that that's... Well, I think I no in their idea. minds, they think they are preserving the sanctity of film yes. and movies. And yes. I think that that is, one, stupid, but I also can acknowledge why they would believe that and why they think they need to try and fix that to appease, you know, the people who, you know, put trust in them as in, as the Academy, as an awards uh, conglomerate. Let's go with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see why they think they need that. I don't think it's ever going to give them... I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right wording here. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. I think just pick Pete Davidson. It'll be entertaining. (laughs) There you go. What more do you need, Academy? Pick Pete Davidson. (laughs) Amanda of Swell Entertainment. Thanks once again, buddy. Be sure to check out Amanda on YouTube at Swell Entertainment. You could also reach her on her socials at LoveYou2Golka. L-U-V-U-2-G-O-L-K-A. Did I get all that right? Yes. Nailed it. How about that? You can also find me on Swell Entertainment at uh, YouTube. You can find me on Swell Shenanigans if you want to hear more of my voice talking all the time with my podcast. (laughs) Um, It's way more chaotic than this, if you can believe that, um, because we do not know what it is. But I like doing it. You do no that that pot. You do a great job with that podcast. I don't. I think you 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 have more of a form than you think you do. You're able to keep it coherent. Just because you said that I'm going to do a solo episode tomorrow and it's going to be so chaotic. It's going to be wonderful. Um, <laughs> Just banging thank pots you, and pans. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, letting me talk and rant and share my opinions because that's always fun and exciting for me. <laughs> Appreciate you giving us the time, buddy. Talk soon. Bye. All right, one conversation down. Let's switch to another. Let's talk about some precursor noms in the industry having to do specifically right now with the screenplay categories. And we'll turn our attention to the USC scripter nominees that came out recently, Michael. Yeah, this has to do with uh, adapted screenplay, that half of the bracket. Uh, We have Dune which was a Critics' Choice nomination as well. The Lost Daughter, whose resume you know, uh, counts in Gotham, that won there, Maggie Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. uh, also a Choice nomination, two wins total thus far. The Lost Daughter is going to be ineligible for the WGA, so I'll, I'll include those two. So Dune, Lost Daughter, passing, uh, ineligible for the WGA as well, being a British production. The Power of the Dog, likewise, ineligible for the WGA, though The Power of the Dog, certainly Choice, the 
Globe, one, the, the lone nominee here that got a, a Globe combined category nomination there, Mike. Uh, it's also the critics leader with 24 wins, and I would say a pretty heavy front runner favorite right now, The Power of the Dog. And finally, mm. The Tragedy of Macbeth. So Dune, Lost Daughter, Passing, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth. One win so far, but it's a fairly meaningful one with the National Board of Review. So those are the five nominees. So why are we focusing on the USC Scripter Award? Well, they do have a correlation uh, in terms of what can predict Oscar's success, including an eight-year crossover streak sharing winners between 2010's social network that went on to win the USC Scripter Award and the category at the Oscars all the way through every year, 2017's Call Me By Your Name. But uh, there is a streak now of the USC Scripter winner being O for the last three in terms of predicting the Oscars' success. And overall, they've only predicted the Oscars winner 13 of 32 years since 1988 so while there was a hot streak there for a good decade or so yeah it's 40 percent overall in terms of the usc scripter award winner sharing oscar's success so who votes for the usc scripter well people in the usc faculty uh, a lot that includes i'm sure a lot of uh, uh screenwriters uh in the business mm-hmm. there the committee is 51 members strong, and uh, not including their chairman, uh, Howard Rodman, right now. And, yeah, we got some big names. We got last year's winner of the Adapted Screenplay category, Christopher Hampton of The Father. We got Chris Tapley, a formerly of Variety. I believe he's with Netflix now, Mike. We got Larry mm. Karaszewski of American Crime Story, and I believe the Borat films. And then uh, maybe I'm getting a Kara something wrong there. But Eric Roth of Forrest Gump, uh, etc. Now, the rules for the scripter, English language films released in the Oscar eligibility window, essentially, and they could be released in theaters on TV or streaming. Why am I mentioning all this? Because there is not necessarily the same eligibility problems at WGA as there are at scripter. That's why a lot of pundits you know, weigh these a bit more heavily. And the nomination streak for the Oscar winner is much stronger than the winner crossover. So 20 out of the last 25 Oscar winners, they are first nominated at the USC Scripters, and and that is a big crossover. That is a big crossover, certainly, and let's take a wider look now at the adapted screenplay category like you kind of alluded to at the start of this uh, section. All five of those aforementioned scripter noms were included in the BAFTA long list of 15 that we've talked about on the last ORC uh, previously. Nine of the remaining ten, I guess you can call, USC scripter snubs. We'll talk about why that tenth one is kind of this amorphous in a second, but the mm-hmm. uh, scripter snubs do include two films which also carry Critics' Choice noms in the screenplay category in Coda and West Side Story. As far as the rest of the BAFTA list that were snubbed at the USC scripter awards here, uh, Cyrano, Eyes of Tammy Faye, Green Knight, House of Gucci, Last Duel, No Time to Die, and Tick, Tick, Boom. They're all alive at BAFTA, but they were snubbed for the USC scripter awards. Drive My Car, though, is that remaining 10th film. Yeah, it's a bit of a case study here, Mike, because Drive My Car was not eligible at the USC Scripters, why I mentioned the eligibility rules, because it's not in the English language. Drive My Car is also not eligible for the WGA, with the screenwriter not being a member of the guild there. But yes, Drive My Car has eight screenplay wins on the season thus far, including some big ones at the Cannes Film Festival and most recently with the Toronto Film Critics. So Drive My Car is a contender, especially according to many pundits. 
So you have what could be four big players now between Drive My Car, The Lost Daughter, Passing the Power of the Dog, that are ineligible for the WGA Awards, the Writer Guilds of America Awards. So what does that all mean? Well, the WGA could be less predictive than ever, as you have those films missing, which are big players not only in Feinberg's forecasts, but big players in Clayton Davids' awards circuit predictions, all in adapted screenplay as well. Mm-hmm. But there's also an opportunity here, as we've seen in the past, where if some films aren't eligible for the WGA, it opens up the door for other films to gain momentum and be taken more seriously as potential Oscar nominees and players. We saw it last year with Borat 2. Uh, we have saw it to probably a lesser extent. Borat 2 was maybe more of a surprise. Maybe a lesser surprise was Parasite, which, because of Tarantino's ineligibility at the WGA, Parasite had that wide-open road, wins the WGA, even though it did have a stronger resume at the time, winning a bunch of critics' awards up to that point in the screenplay category. But nonetheless, Parasite's road to Oscar's success and prominence kind of started with its big win at the WGA's for original screenplay. Yeah, I, I don't disagree in the screenplay category sense there. Uh, it, it was getting critics wins, but it was not uh, winning at Critics' Choice, etc. That was Tarantino. And, and it, it just, like we always say, Mike, we bring these winners to the attention of the Academy with these precursor awards and Borat's subsequent movie mm-hmm. film. That didn't show up really anywhere uh, it did not get a nod, nod at Scripter. It did not get a Globe Choice or, or BAFTA nomination. And then it wins the WGA, and and next thing you know, it's stealing a spot away in those Oscar Five mm-hmm. in that nominations where, you know, it didn't have to contend with the Father or Nomadland at WGA, so it gets the clear path and it gets the nom. Borat to subsequent movie film to make good something 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 oscar nominated multiple categories multiple. in terms of snubs there's one kind of glaring omission there's only one movie out there that has a screenplay win from a critics association on its resume that was left off both the bafta long list and the usc scripter noms here and that would be nightmare alley does that mean that it's completely out that it doesn't have a chance no obviously not and it could it win the uh the wga and be right back in the race and be taken seriously for the oscars category sure right i'm trying to find that borat 2 comp that that would be my borat 2 comp is, is nightmare alley not having a good season right now mr del toro unfortunately one might say that the borat 2 comp based on how the characters went in their movies could be house of gucci now, could House of Gucci, <laughs> could that come back when the WGA and just strike hearts into the fear of everybody that isn't me on film Twitter? Continue God, I hope so. its reign of terror. One that's gonna be, that's get, getting a Best Picture now. Like, <laughs> I, I know Neglia and Next Best Picture put out that thing where they're predicting it now and everybody's like all up in arms because all the serious film people follow them. And I was just, I was, I wish I had popcorn. I was gleef, I was cackling watching that fucking uh, Twitter thread. Yeah, that's always fun. That goes wild. <laughs> Kudos to them. But like, who, who does this open the door to at the WGA? I'm thinking Tick, Tick, Boom might have a lot of industry support. It might have branch support because there's a lot of theater kids turned Broadway people uh, Mm. in terms of cutting their teeth in the industry at one point or another. So Tick, Tick, Boom could factor back in. The tragedy of Macbeth and Dune are kind of the mainstays that it's got to fight against. But honestly, you never know. So WGA is fascinating to me. But Benedetta, Cyrano, Drive My Car, Passing, The Lost Daughter, The Power of the Dog, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Zola, Next Best Picture, uh, put out an article talking about these being ineligible at the at the WGA's next week, Mike. All right, we will be covering that as it comes to us. Let's move to a uh, different category and another uh, society that we can cover their awards. The VES, the Visual Effects Society nominations, were also released, Michael. Yeah, the VES is fairly predictive in terms of nominations. So the ones that tally up big numbers here, they typically get nominated, and they're 
Oscar shortlisted in this case. So we have Dune with six uh, VESs. We have Shang-Chi with four, Spider-Man with four, Godzilla vs. Kong with four, then No Time to Die three, Matrix Resurrections three, and Black Widow two. So that's eight, I believe I listed, eight of the ten shortlisted uh, VFX finalists in at the Oscars. That's also includes the six nominees of perhaps the most predictive category at the VES's outstanding VFX and a photo real feature. So three of the last 10 have, have, have been Oscar winners. One of the last five, uh, it's not a great comp, but uh, going back, that category works for them. Surprised to see. I mean, I guess Spider-Man and Shang-Chi are kind of tussling for for second place right now, Shang Chi has gotten a lot of respect as like the Marvel movie that's going to get the most respect for uh, the VFX. But I'm surprised to see that over Spider Man so handily, even though it looks like Spider Man might be making up some of the ground here. But I still think everything has a uh, a, a tough road to go against Dune as it stands. Who's got to be the favorite in the category right now? Right, Dune. Dune is the heavy favorite, taking 12 wins thus far at the critics scoreboard. Uh, Matrix Resurrection, Shang Chi, No Time to Die. They have not missed anywhere yet but they also haven't won whereas like spider-man it's won two critical awards so i i would say spider-man's coming in from the outside lane and black widow godzilla free guy ghostbusters they all have some holes in their resumes unfortunately like godzilla did not get bafta longlisted which was a a shocker spider-man did not get bafta longlisted either but that was expected because it was not eligible for the baftas in any category so if you're worried about spider-man after the bafta longlist do not worry because well i mean i guess you can but it's it wasn't eligible based on their release dates i believe mike there was a crossover for the BAFTA long list. They did have eight of the ten films making the BAFTA long list for the VFX category that were on the Oscar shortlist as well. So uh, if you're looking for crossover stats and correlation, something to predict the VFX category with on Oscar Sunday or where the, before we get to the noms for the Oscars noms, uh, that could be where you can look right. as well. Right. Uh, but this branch surprises us in the past. So Love and Monsters last year. That kind of got a nod out of nowhere, but not exactly out of nowhere because VES. So, you know, take these fairly seriously, these Guild nominations that we'll be covering for the next uh, few weeks here, Mike. Uh, definitely next week heavy. I would like to live in that Love and Monsters world with those just <laughs> giant fruit flies flying around and you need a machete to get anywhere. Giant giant bugs <laughs> um, we can start wrapping up we'll talk about a couple trailers that just recently debuted do they have oscars legs or not time will tell i don't know that x has oscars legs but it definitely has texas chainsaw massacre legs because i'm still not convinced that wasn't a preview for the new texas chainsaw movie that we're supposed to be getting at some point in, you know indiscriminately in the future that we still haven't gotten but okay i think mm -hmm. it's a kind of a, a cool <laughs> premise here we got like dolomite meets Texas Chainsaw meets kind of the taking of Deborah Logan type thing, yeah. and Ty West is at the helm here. He's a, <laughs> yeah, the visit could be thrown in there as well. Ty West is a, a sick horror mind. Directed the Innkeepers, VHS, the very underrated House of the Devil, and the underrated The Sacrament. I, I'm excited, and Brittany Snow has been the same age <laughs> for two and a half decades now. I wish I was the same age for two and a half years, <laughs> never mind decades. So great for her, number one. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Ty West. And I'll say this, like House of the Devil and Innkeepers scared the ever-living yeah. poop out of me 
when I watch those for the first time. So he's got that ability as a horror director, just in terms of sheer jump scares, making you wait, stretching the rubber band kind of thing. So X here, you know, the Deborah Logan premise, I, I'm a little, I'm afraid of that movie. I, I haven't seen that. Have you seen The Taking of Deborah oh, Logan? Yeah. yeah, it's freaky. It's creepy. So, Very creepy. So this one adds like a lot of layers of skeeviness to me. The, the layer one of skeeviness is that we have pornographers trying to film on location without paying for said location. So that brings up a lot mm-hmm. of anxiety because as a short filmmaker back in the day, <laughs> we, we had to. We had no choice, but sometimes we had to like steal And I was paranoid about this, so I did it very rarely, but we had to steal some shots once in a while. And nobody cares when you're a bunch of kids, necessarily, if you're at the train station or whatever, uh, stealing a quick shot uh, with some friends. And they they don't even know it's a movie. We we had lights glued on freaking brooms, for Christ's sake. You weren't taping in the Coliseum in Rome the uh, the infamous Chuck Norris Bruce Lee fight <laughs> no, that, uh, no. was taped in secret because they paid a couple security guards off right so that's level of skeeviness number one level of skeeviness number two is that like is this I mean whoops we're, we're meeting the last two remaining members of the Sawyers is this Mrs. Bates? Is this Mrs. Voorhees? Did you were you not convinced that this was Texas Chainsaw? Am I crazy? I mean, the, the house looks like it's exactly the, the freaking Chainsaw House. Well, if the Texas Chainsaw wasn't coming out with a sequel, the rights of which Netflix bought for big money, or maybe not big money, but they they bought it, I yeah. would be yeah, I would be more curious about A24's ability to to get those rights here because they have been doing well overall. But no, I think I think this is unique, but I think it's going to be homageful for perhaps. But look at this cast, Mike. Kid Cudi, Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, we just yeah. saw who was terrific in Scream, Brittany Snow, Owen Campbell, who's been super duper creepy in horror movies the last five years. Uh, My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. From from this past year, we did it. We reviewed that on the scaries and super dark times, which I think we both saw mm-hmm. a couple years ago, which is pretty cool serial killer movie. Yeah, I'm excited for this one on a couple levels. Not only just the cast, but the the A24 you mentioned. So this is going to be a unique horror movie. A24 it's usually good for that elevated type stuff. Yeah, Ty I, West. I, 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 I'm very curious to see this one. But speaking of elevated horror. Uh, the other big trailer that had its debut that also... Did you watch these before Scream? I did, all three yeah. times. So, not three times for me. The first time I had Scream, <laughs> the, my first showing of Scream, I had totally different trailers. Huh. Weird. And then I had these for the second time I watched Scream, which kind of took me by surprise. But let's talk about Elevated Horror. Let's talk about a preview before Scream. Let's talk about the first look at Robert Eggers' The Northman. Yeah, this is uh, the director of The Lighthouse and The Double V Vitch. And he's got some more Oscar-y names on his crew, Mike. Uh, yeah, the 2023 cinematography race might be underway, it would seem. Mm. I mean, Jaren Blotchke, my, my apologies if I mispronounced that, but he was the uh, the DP for a lot of Eggers' previous work. He was nominated in the cinematography category for his work alongside Eggers in The Lighthouse, and this looks absolutely exquisite as well, the, yeah. the shots that we're getting in this preview for The Northman. What a unique look for Katie Pattinson specifically. You got that close-up of her face with that blood-red cape and that bright gold helmet and those piercing blue eyes that I hope are fake because no human should be burdened with having eyes that blue and that piercing Mm. as she's staring directly into the camera. I mean, there's there's some chilling visuals in this. Hallucinatory Viking vision quest visuals from spiked mead and horned... (laughs) 
chalices. Uh, I'm shook with some of the visuals in this trailer. And look, I mean, in terms of the story, this is a a drumbeat for quite the revenge tale, it seems like. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's literally, it features the chant from the young prince who turns into a scars guard. Of course he does. As they all do over there. As sure. they yeah. do. <laughs> As they tend to do. With <laughs> Once you hit the age of 18, you're a scars guard. You're a scars guard with <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy as your uh, mystifying, uh, intriguing witch. witch. Right? Pre- yeah, double V. Uh, yeah. So if you have Willem Dafoe and Nicole Kidman as mentors of various capabilities, capacities, I wonder... Uh, I wonder if this guy can make an action movie that's credi- uh, credible here. We we might have a, a really awesome April release. So Kidman's on a hot streak. Hmm? Defoe is insane, as he is in this trailer as well. Like, is there any reason we wouldn't already start talking about these two just based on how they look in this trailer alone and the recent history of them? It's like, ah, they could be in the supporting conversation for 2023. Well, I tell you, his last movie, The Lighthouse, released later, released in May, I believe, but Defoe and Pattinson were in the conversation the whole time. Mm -hmm. The elevated horror movies that come out in the spring, they typically do well at the box office, especially because for whatever reason, people are like, all right, cool, I want... Horror movies with meat on the bone this time. Winter's of year. over. Time to kill something. Time to kill something. <laughs> Let it be Vikings. Let it be the mountain from Game of Thrones. The strongest mm-hmm. man in the world, whose name I can't pronounce, but who uh, whose name I am afraid to mispronounce. So I won't touch <laughs> it. But that guy is awesome. Look, I I just think. I I think if these screenwriters can do something like I mean, Shon, Shon, S J O N. Forgive me. This man wrote a folktale about a lamb and a child mixed together this year. That was perhaps one of our favorite films to talk about, You, Me, and Swell. That that should have been called Lamb Boy. (laughs) (laughs) If they can write that movie, then they turn to a Viking revenge tale. I I don't know. I'm just giving these guys credit. I I think they deserve the benefit of the doubt. I, I have a few red flags in the trailer, and I have a few red flags in the release schedule where... It gives mm. me pause with Kidman and Defoe to, to kind of proclaim them as Oscar likelies right now. I don't think that's the case because probably not. Because yeah, I mean, Get Out comes out in February, March. I forget which when, but that has legs because it was such a phenomenon. We we've seen The Lighthouse get a screen uh, cinematography nod, but fell off everywhere else. I don't see the rest of the crossover from these elevated horror movies. Like the Babadook came out in May in Australia. The I, I researched quite a bit here. The, the, uh, the you know Us comes out and loses all momentum. Hereditary comes out and loses all momentum by the end. Even though I think we both would admit Lupita and, and Tony Collette had a ton of momentum through the Deserve critics. To be there, yeah. So that's 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 a worry. And then you have the one shot where he's got like the volcano in the background or whatever. Of mm-hmm. Skarsgård, just very clearly pulling his punch with the sword. I mean, I get it. You're, you're, the mountain has probably a sword that's four times the size. <laughs> so that was an awkward shot. So I'm worried. I'm worried these guys can do big budget or bigger budget action 
And I'm not, well, they, he also pulls the spear out of nowhere too when he catches the spear. Like I understand the idea is that the spear is right. becoming at such a great velocity, but it's literally like he just puts his hand up and then there's a, a spear in his hand. Very cool back. shot and a wide it is. shot. So Incredibly I, cool. Yeah, I give him credit for that one. I give him credit for some of the other stuff we saw with the guy getting knocked off the horse. So there's there's highs and lows to this trailer. So I'm keeping hope alive that this big budget action turn, revenge turn. From Mr. Eggers, without his brother on this one, I, he's been making movies with his brother for a while, but uh, he could he could take that step into this genre. I, I'm 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 much more hyped for this movie than I thought I would be after it kind of got demoted. I thought to that release date, but when you when you look at it, they've all been released at this time of year because they make money at this time of year. So mm-hmm. I really shouldn't have I really shouldn't be such a snob with release dates, Michael. That's you think Screen going. would have taught you that is, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the dumptuary type thing. Exactly. I I'm, hope that's I'm, a theme. I hope that's a theme I'm, for this year because we want better movies year-round. Sorry. I'm glad they're not hiding the ball and, like, letting us get invested in Ethan Hawke's character in this, too. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I mean, only my- to have him get killed like he always does. They're like, here's the trailer. Ethan Hawke's going to die. <laughs> he might as well, you know, had Sean Bean be right, his Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think Ethan Hawke, because Sean Bean exists, I think Ethan Hawke goes under the radar for how often he's killed. <laughs> and we uh, we just have not to wrong. deal with it. You're not wrong. <laughs> so that's a couple movies on the horizon to look out for in terms of Oscars 2023 uh, possibilities. We're going to keep our eye on it. We'll report back, and we will obviously review them as they come. What matters most, as always, dear listener, is your thoughts and your input. Let us know, did you see these trailers? Do you have any thoughts about the correlation and the crossover between USC, between WGA, and between what happens at the Oscars? And let us know your thoughts on the VES or anything we talked about in the top of this episode as well. You can leave us all those, as well as your thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. Leave us all those on our social media as we are. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either Spotify or the Apple Podcast app, if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review, we cannot thank you enough for those of you who have. Uh, we thank you very, very, very much. Michael. What are some words of wisdom and what's coming next from us on the horizon? Well, words of wisdom are easy. Listen to Swell Shenanigans. Great podcast. Always funny. Always wise. Weirdly wise. Mm. She's just like a little Yoda. <laughs> yes. Always. <laughs> a little Yoda. Yes. Uh, subscribe to her podcast channel on YouTube as well as her Swell Entercha- uh, Entertainment channel. That is uh, for some crazy reason if you're not subscribed to either of those youtube channels you know hit the like button uh hit the subscribe button hit notifications all that stuff matters and it helps amanda out quite a bit become a patron of swell entertainment on patreon she's got a bunch of levels there uh as well very excited for her to to report back after hearing us call her a yoda yeah i I, we're recording this before (laughs) before you talk to her about the oscar Uh host which i can't do because i'm watching far too many sundance movies and it's time sensitive <laughs> with some of these stupid premieres during the weekend so i'm sorry i wasn't on that uh but i i, I can't wait to hear what you said on retrospect and i can't and, and, and therefore i think uh, everybody should re-listen to this episode because mm. now i put it in like a new um it's like inception yeah exactly i incepted a, yeah. a new thought in your brain because now you can think about how, how i might think of it uh perhaps is- but 
pretty much how Christopher Nolan came up with the idea, I think. I'm pretty sure it came at the yeah. end of a podcast episode right. where it was pre-recorded. But I think mm-hmm. uh, I think we got Oscar Ace checkpoints coming in a run here, Michael, because there's a lot of Guild nominations coming out. Uh, the next episode, we got production design, sound, and cinematography. The one after that, DGA, WGA, PGA for some big categories. So as promised, we're going to continue to kind of work in all those bath the long lists, work in the short list from the Oscars, etc., to kind of give you the full picture uh, and the, and the full field of nominees heading into what we'll do with our predictions and our, and our nomination reactions and guest shows we're going to do, etc. cetera. But it, it, it just, we're getting into the teeth of the season here, Mike. So there's, you know, not a lot of time to be doing anything else, and yet somehow we're doing Scream miniseries and Sundance binge watch. What am I doing? I'm doing it again with the Sundance. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you I'm are. I'm doing it again, but I'll, <laughs> I will report to you on, on that, I think, I hope. Uh, maybe in the next episode we'll do a Sundance kind of you'll, – you'll interview me, I think, is, is the plan right now. Uh, like we said, before we had the mics on, it's like Oscar's homework time. This is where you, uh, you do all the learning. And then instead of having free time to kind of decompress, you're going to drive yourself to drink with the Sundance uh, slate that you have in front of you. I had three beers last night, unfortunately, not, not a good first night. I'm not going to (laughs) talk shit uh, because I, I I won't do that. So if you're not seeing all my Sundance reviews on Twitter, I'm not going to do that. And I don't disparage other people who do, they review everything. There's principles to be had there, but I'm just, I'm not going to, these films that haven't gotten distributors yet, I'm not going to slam them right, for disappointing right. me, you know, on night who, one. Yeah, who is obsessed with the best in cinema. Documentary. Right, so, yeah. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can come get ready for the Oscars with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.